Hey mama, welcome to the Raw Mom Life Podcast, where we talk about the rawness of motherhood and marriage, from mental health to habits and everything in between, all with vulnerable talk to allow you the space to know you're not the only one. My name is Amber Wilford, mama to three girls, just doing my best every day, even if my best looks different every day. Get ready to laugh and sometimes cry, but always with a good cup of coffee. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Raw Mom Life podcast. I have Lauren Erickson here with me. Lauren is a Minnesota mom as well, and she found me on Instagram, and she's got three kiddos that she stays home with, and she went from working full-time to becoming a stay-at-home mom, and uh, I'm just so excited to have her here today to talk a little bit more about mom life. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I was like floored when I got DM. I was like, what? No way. No oh way. <laughs> You're so sweet. You've, you've said the sweetest things to me. I just, I it am just our path for me. Yeah. It's just like everything you post lately is just like a, I don't know. It's just like a godsend. Like I'm like, Oh, that, yep. I feel that I'm like in the middle of that right now going through it especially like the stuff when you talk about like anxiety and like, you know, you have kiddos that have like sensory stuff or just like working through those strong emotions. It's like, oh man, do I ever feel that? Because I have two, my boys um, struggle a little bit with like anxiety and all of that. And so we just went through that this morning. I was having a conversation with a friend this morning. And I was like, you know, the po- like pre and post struggles of holidays is like real it is a real thing my middle he is seven and we just struggled this morning with picking out a piece of candy to take to school and you know it was mom it's so hard it's too over you know like for him it's like overwhelming right like it's too hard and so the tears were flowing and like I I can't just pick one and you know, so sitting with him and like hugging on him and telling him like, I hear what you're saying. And I understand that this is hard for you. And I think part of the reason that it's hard for you is because you have this whole slew of candy in front of you. And I had tried to pick out just like three. I'm like, here, this, there's three, like, can we just pick from those three? And nope. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's put the big pile away. And like, we'll pick out my husband helped too. He's like, we'll pick out five. And so then we made a game of it. I'm like, here, let's play eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Like, you know, but then two, that led to, we got down to one and that wasn't the one that he of course wanted. And so I told him, I said, well, now then you have to make the choice. And I said, I guess what I will allow is you to have two. You can pick two. If, if you're having a hard time just picking one, I will let you pick two just for today. And so then- it was like, okay, if I can pick two, then it was better. But the struggle is. I mean, that real. is such real mom life, such raw mom life right there. Like the day that we're recording this, for those of you who are listening, it is the day after Halloween. Um, and even though you're not going to hear this until about a month past, I know you get it. And there's something mm-hmm. about like just talking about it out loud with somebody else that makes you feel not crazy and less alone in motherhood of those little, those little struggles, simply like 
which candy to pick out. My seven-year-old's the same way. She gets Mm -hmm. overwhelmed with like standing in front of the pantry, not knowing what she wants to bring for snack at Mm -hmm. school. And it's, it is like everything in us some mornings to just stay calm and help them through that situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is just like you said, like it's nice to know that other moms go through it and that other be like, you feel less alone. And I think that's why I love like your open and like honesty about it, because I feel like so many of us go through it, but for whatever reason, like, we're so afraid to be like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to like put it out there. You know, for me, I, there's a, there's a part of me that keeps a, a little bit of their story private, just because that's their story and their journey. But, you know, I like to keep it as real as I possibly can as well. And just be like, yeah, I'm, we're going through that as well. Like, you know, we, we have both our boys in therapy and I do not regret one single moment of that. I feel like it's helped not only them, but like us as parents really take a step back to like realize how their little brains work and function right because I feel like it's so easy for us to be like oh well it's not that hard like just just pick out a candy but in their mind it's like but I have this whole option right in front of me and I see this and I see that and I see this and I feel like that's what um my oldest therapist really helped us realize is just like how his brain physically is working and functioning and all that it is taking in and doesn't have the ability like we do. So it's been really nice to like have the tools and resources to help him work through that because so much before that we were just putting heads and it would just escalate eventually where everybody was crying and you know so it's like I relate to that so hard. <laughs> and then each kid is so different too, you know, yes. like the way that the oldest needs to be parented is not the way that the youngest needs to be parented. And, and it gets really tricky. And so I, I have found too, that therapy has just been those, that additional tool to help mm-hmm. us learn how to help them because you're right. Like we were, we were parented our generation, not like you and me, but like our generation was parented in that, like, you just suck it up and make a decision, right? You just suck it up and move on. And sometimes, yes, we do need to do that. Still, like we've got to have a tough skin and teach our kids to have a tough skin, but at the same time, we need to help them help themselves so that when they get to be adults, (laughs) they aren't losing their crap all the time. Right. When they can't make those decisions. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a strong advocate for it in the sense of like, I myself have been in therapy since I was 14 on and off over the years. And so, you know, for me, it was like a no brainer when I saw my oldest, we started with my oldest, like I said, when I saw him really struggling at the age of five, I was just like, it, I feel like I'm, I don't know if this is the same for you or not, but I, it brings me back to like my childhood sometimes. And like, just in those moments of like, okay, I can remember feeling that way, feeling frustrated. And like, I don't want him to feel like that. Like that's, I know how it still is as an adult to like sit in those feelings and try and work through it and try and process it. So for me, it was just like, okay, we have to do something to like, not only help him, but also help us. And it's just been a game changer. I feel like for our family, 100%. Yeah. And it's, 
it's a hard thing to do. Um, and it's a hard thing to like change our mindset around getting that additional help. But like, I'll just, I'll never forget this past spring when my seven-year-old started really dealing with her sensory issues or sensitivities. And I mean, it was like tears every morning from her, from me raising my voice. Like, I didn't know how to help her. It was like, it came out of nowhere. And like, I will never regret getting help because we aren't screaming at each other anymore. And not even like in the moments of her, like when she is in the red zone, if you know the, you know, oh, the yeah, yeah, there's a regulation. Um, when red, she, yellow, blue, and green. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I used to, I used to be up there too. And now yeah. I'm able to control myself a little bit more to help her through those things. And so, if nothing else, if you're listening to this and you're like, I think my kid needs more help. Um, the best place to turn is your doctor. When I started, we started dealing with this with my youngest in the spring. The first place I turned was her teacher um, because I just was like, is this happening at school? Are there tools at school that we can utilize before I, I reach out to her doctor? But we also recognize some things in our, our oldest too, that because of my husband's experience with anxiety, we were like, yeah, we need to just get some additional tools. And so that's part of why I talk about it out loud too, is like, it, it's not out of the norm for people to need additional tools for themselves. And also as, as parents, like we can't do it alone. We just really don't have all of the tools. It's an experiment, right? Like parenting is an experiment, whether you're talking yeah. about, you know, you've got one kid or three, like I said, they're all different different. differently and it's, it's an experiment and you need help. Right. Yeah. And like they say, it takes a village, right? And it totally does in so many different ways, not just family, not just friends. Like there are so many tools and resources out there. And I don't, you know, until we were in the thick of it too, it was like, I didn't realize what all was available to us. And I'm so grateful that, you know, we did go to the doctor and just say, these are the things that are happening at home. These are the things that, you know, are happening in school and, you know, what, what can we do, you know, and we basically said like the things that we wanted, you know, and so it was nice to be pointed in that direction and to feel heard too. And I think, you know, for me, part of my background was I was a medical assistant. So I had that kind of in my favor of just knowing like, okay, I know I need to go to the doctor. I know that, you know, I don't want, if we have to do medicine, I don't want medicine to be the end all be all right. Like I want us to have the tools and the resources and I want my kids to be able to like have the tools and the resources. So that was like a huge, huge thing, just advocating for them and still advocating for them. Um, You know, we're on the flip side, I feel like with my my oldest um which is really nice to kind of be in that area of course there's still days where we struggle but it's not you know it's not every day like it was um and now we're in the season of helping my middle right like he's going through the thick of it we're going through the thick of it and so it was again you know you see these little habits like you said um start to creep in and that's when I was like, okay, nope, we're going to kind of go the same route. But I was going to ask you, do you, so for your, is your youngest? Yes. That has the sensory. Okay. So I'm starting to notice with my middle that he has sensory and we did OT with my oldest, but we did it more for like body regulation, right? Just realizing like, okay, I'm escalating from green all the way to the red zone. So we did um, different tools and stuff like that. 
So I'm almost thinking I want to do OT again for my middle because now he like his socks, if we put his socks on like, and they fit wrong, it's like, he gets super mad, gets super frustrated. There's tears. There's, you know, the tag touches the back of his neck wrong. Um, and I, I mean, we never dealt with that with my oldest, like that's never been a problem. And this is just new for my, my middle too. It's just recent, but um, I was going to ask you just kind of, you know, do you feel like OT has helped you, I guess, in the sense yes. of like sensory? Yes. She's always been a high emotion kid from like yeah. out of the room on. Yep. Um and she would have this occasional sensory thing, but it was like this past spring. I don't know what triggered it. I tried to think it was like, was there an event or whatever, but it, I can't place it, but it was it like built. It was like, uh, all of a sudden she didn't want to wear pants and then it was socks and then it was underwear. And all of a sudden it was like, literally everything was miserable for her. And now today, like we've, we've got the tools, right. And so Things like when she gets dressed for ballet, she wears her tights inside out because she can't handle the seam. I've bought different types of underwear, different types of socks to try out. Yeah. You know what kind of pants she likes. Shoes are really hard still. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I just had to buy new shoes. And a lot of times it's just helping, helping distract her from the uncomfortableness and then she's okay. And so like in the spring, we wouldn't have been able to do that. Like there was no distracting her and talking her off the ledge when she was uncomfortable. She was at a tent. Like yeah. it was, there was no going back and she can still get like that once in a while, but not as often as she used mm -hmm. to. And so, yes, I'm, we're seeing really great progress <laughs> with that being said, her second OT just left in a matter of five months. And so we're like, crossing our fingers and praying they can find somebody new as soon as possible because I don't want to regress either. <laughs> yeah. That's so hard too. like transitions. I feel like, I don't know if your kiddos struggle with that, but my kiddos have a huge, you know, transitions are just hard and we have to do a lot of prep work just in general, if something's going to change within the routine of, you know, life in general at home or at school. But yeah, my middle, we, I mean, we, it, started with the socks um so I actually went through and like threw all of our socks away because it was I mean at a point of where you know we wore these socks every day and then all of a sudden and again like I'm like you I'm like what changed like I don't I really don't know I can't pinpoint it either but it's a change and it's obviously like starting to affect our almost every day and I don't want that for him. Like he struggles right. enough as it is already with like having to go to school. It's gotten better, but the first of the year was really rough. Just day one out of the gate, you know, not wanting to go to school, lots of tears, having to work with that. Um, so yeah. yeah. And I was surprised when we got her OT eval back on the things that she was behind on. And, you know, a lot of it is that like, her brain is working so hard in one place that it's not caught up in the other places. Right. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so I was just, I was really surprised, but I, I have, we have seen progress with it. And so, yeah, I would encourage you to just look into it and he yeah, would we, benefit. We did an OT eval, but it was, we just did it not that long ago, but it was more in the sense of like school related and he didn't qualify for it, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but 
you know, I'm like, there's resources that we can use at the school that we did last year too. So, um, but now I'm like, well, maybe I should get him another eval for the sensory stuff. But I just, I know you post a lot about that. And we, like I said, we're just literally going through it right now. Like he was over at my mom's house the other day and she had underwear and he had to change. And she was like, Lauren, he like, didn't like the underwear. And I was like, yep, this is a new thing that we're going through. I said, I literally had to like throw all of our socks away, start all over, um, you know, buy new socks. So I sent her like, here's, here's what I get. Here's what he likes so far, you know? So, but I appreciate that. Right. In the sense of like, my mom is being respectful of like, you know, what he needs to, I feel like that's so helpful to have like support on the back end of family. Absolutely. You're doing a great job, mama. I know it's hard and just keep fighting, but you're not alone. No, it's so hard. I know. Yeah. And well, I mean, with it, like that takes a toll on us as moms. Like, how do you make sure that you're taken care of at the same time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's been like a huge thing, right? Like I, you know, I feel like it's easy for moms, us moms to get in that routine of like, nope, okay, I have to run this household. Like these are the needs that need to be met right now. I need to focus on them. But then on the flip side of that, while you're helping them, you're also like burning yourself out essentially, right? Because from morning till they go to bed, it's just like, oh, I need to focus all of this on them. And that's, I mean, that's not easy. My outlets for sure are therapy for myself that, you know, that's one big thing that I'm pretty consistent on and have been for the last two years since COVID obviously happened and hit. That was life-changing, obviously for everybody, Um, everybody's world. So I've just stayed consistent, you know, at least once or twice a month doing that. Working out has been another one of my like outlets and releases. it just helps me really change my mental shift too. I just feel like I can handle things better, you know, just, and then just doing things that fill up my cup, like getting out with friends and just trying not to let the guilt consume me. Um, I feel like that, you know, is Talk more really- on that. How do you do that? Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one. I think just reminding myself that, you know, day in and day out, I give a lot to them and that it is okay for them to see me giving back to myself. Um, I think it's, I honestly feel like it's really powerful for them to see that I'm taking care of myself. You know, I've talked with my therapist too, and she's like, Lauren, when you're doing all the things for them, you're really not like you're showing them, right? That you take on all the responsibilities. And so that really hit home for me. Um, And so I tried to like include them more, you know, with just certain things around the house. Um, uh, But yeah, I feel like, you know, my daughter will watch me work out in the mornings. And I don't know if you've ever seen one of my stories, but you'll see her like laying on the ground and on the mat. And I basically just tell them like, I need this 30 minutes for myself. Um, because this is what helps me, you know, be a better mom, be better, you know, of control of my feelings. And there's been times where I haven't gotten a workout in and I can feel like my anxiety building or my frustration building. And so I will just, 
that's one of the things that I, you know, know will put me in a, in a better mood. So, yeah. Oh man. Same. Yeah. yeah. Workout in kind of, you're not, <laughs> I'm not going to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just need yeah. that. Like, I need that movement for so many reasons, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Are you a beach body coach? I am not a beach body coach anymore. Nope. No. I do the beach body. Yeah. I do the beach body okay. workouts, but, um, okay. I actually, so I really started honestly focusing on my nutrition. Um, and so I actually, uh, kind of flipped and I'm now, uh, doing Herbalife. So I've oh. done that. Yeah. Yeah. But I still do the workouts. Like yeah. I have the bike. I love, you know, it's, yeah. it's what's easy for me, at least at home right now with three kids yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I started doing beach body when my oldest or my youngest was just a few months old because I didn't want to take her to the childcare at the community center where I went because my two oldest always came home sick. And anyway, so I started working out at home. So it's been probably almost seven years and I don't think I could ever go back. And the other thing too, like you said, is that like, it is so normal for mom to go work out at home. Right. Or like, they'll come into my office and ask me questions, but they know I'm not going to stop my workout to talk Mm -hmm. to them. Um, and it's just, it's just a normal part of their life. And I hope and pray that someday they look back when they're grown women and think, Oh, mom really took good care of herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really want, I mean, you've seen like the real going around about like flipping the script and like, that is like huge for me. Right. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't, I don't do workouts obviously to look a certain way for me. It's physically how I feel mentally, how I feel. And mentally is like the biggest thing, right? Like it is the one thing that helps me stay just even keel. And it's, yeah, I like, and I just hope that I can set that example for them that, you know, it's working out is not a punishment. It doesn't have to be a punishment and fueling your body with like healthy foods is, you know, it's great. And, you know, it's going to give you longevity. I feel like for your life, obviously. And like, you know, you can find that balance, that happy medium, right? Like still enjoy the things that you like, but I just, I hope they look at it in the sense of like, wow, my mom took care of herself. She was strong. She was doing it, you know, for her mental health. Like, I don't, I don't want to have a negative impact on it, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. When we were younger, it was like, you work out to lose weight. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, we work out to be healthy mentally, physically. And also for me, like I feel so much more confident in my body now because I feel strong and healthy and it makes such a difference at how I look at my body when I'm moving versus when I'm not, or when I'm eating healthy versus when I'm not. And also, yeah. And then like, also I have colitis. And so like, I can tell when I'm not eating right. And when I'm not eating, like, I just don't feel well. And that affects then everything, everything. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy, right? Like it's crazy to think about like the way that food really does affect your body. Like things that I used to eat, I can't eat now. I would love to, but you know, it's like the effects that it has on me. I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. I'm (laughs) and it's all just baby steps. Like if you're listening and you're like, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Like 
it's like drink, drink your water, right? Like yeah. it's not like you're, and this is, you know, I've got my habit coaching stuff that I dabble in just a little bit, but I love yeah. habits because, um, they, they've changed my life. Yeah. Um, but so many people, it's like setting that new year's resolution. People set this big goal that's unattainable. And by mid January, they're done and they feel like a failure but it's about those baby steps of like your goal might be to drink your water intake every single day. And you figure out what that is. And you focus on that instead of like, I'm going to completely change the way I eat and I'm going to work out five times a week. Like that's, it's not sustainable, right? You've got to build those Yeah. Habits. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. I mean, so I started back on my journey for almost four years ago and it is. It's so overwhelming. No matter when, when you're starting, whether you're restarting back up, whether you, you know, I haven't done it before. Like it's overwhelming. I feel like no matter what stage of life you are in. Um, but like you said, it's small baby steps. And you know, this last time in January, that's what I focused on. Right. Like, so I focused on my water and I focused on just making small little changes to my food. Cause I feel like, you know, yeah, everybody makes these like goals and they go hard and then all of a sudden it's like burnout. Right. But the small consistent baby steps are what is going to like give you the, the longevity and just are like the keys to finding that, you know, balance and stuff. And you're going to have those days where, you know, you, you don't have the best day, right? Like it's going to ebb and flow, but as long as you like stick with it and like, just know, like, okay, I have the tools and the resources and I can go back to like the basics. Like that's, that's huge. I feel like. Yes. And not throwing in the towel when you mess up. And I think that's relatable to any form of self-care, whether it's to do with nutrition and nutrition and body, like, or it's, you want to start a morning routine or you want to start actually sitting on the couch and reading a book or, Mm -hmm. You know, whatever, whatever those little habits you want to build into your life to build in more self-care are, it's about baby steps. It's not about, you know, you're not going to get up an hour earlier. If you want to start a morning routine, that's again, not sustainable. Yeah. Like start with just like 15 minutes, you know, early in the morning, like, you know, set your alarm for a certain time and then just increase that every, you know, week or every two weeks, like whatever feels good to you. But yeah, the more you do it, the easier it you know, it becomes, and then it does become a part of your life and your routine. And, but yeah. And having some sort of accountability, right? Like whether it's oh, a, yeah. or a coach or your husband or whatever, just letting somebody know that this is, this is my goal. And will you keep me accountable? Like I have a friend who will check in with me because she wanted to start moving her body a little bit more and like, whether she's doing it or not, she'll yeah. check in with me and be like, I haven't walked or I, I went walking today and I went this far. And you are more likely to get it done if you have that accountability. For sure. To have somebody there cheering you on too. Like, I feel like that's the biggest thing. Like it's, you know, I feel like not only in motherhood, but like just in life itself, sometimes when you're starting a new routine or you're starting a new journey on, you know, whatever it may be it can feel lonely. And just to have like that one friend, or even if it is, you know, some sort of accountability group where you're having a daily check-in, like that's been a game changer for me, honestly, just like I've, you know, found a community that is great and it works for me. And, 
you know, we chat every single day, which is nice to have that. Um, but yeah, just, it's huge. It is huge. It is. And this is a great conversation because this episode is going to release at the beginning of December. So people are thinking about new year's resolutions and what does that look like? And, uh, Lauren and I are going to just challenge you to think about it, that it's something for you to help your mental health, to help, help you out, but it's baby steps. It's not this like big extravagant thing that you're planning to change in 2023. It's just something little and find a buddy to do it with makes, makes such a difference for you. I think what I started with was just like three little goals, right? Like what did that look like for me? And, you know, the first one was water. Like I said, the second one was, you know, making small changes to my food. And then my third was just getting that movement in, whether it was a walk, whether it was a 30 minute workout that I picked, you know, from, um, beach body or, you know, whatever that looked like. And I started with my goal was one, you know, one day a week, if I added on extra, that was great, but that seemed obtainable to me. And I think that's the thing, like you have to make those goals seem realistic to where you know you're going to stick with it because I feel like if you may I mean I think it's great to make like you know future big goals but I feel like when you're starting out you have to have some maintainable things that you know that you're not going to let yourself down in or have that guilt hang over you right because I feel like I would fall into that I would you know okay it's the first of the year I'm going to go hard and, you know, I'm going to work out this many days a week. I'm going to eat, you know, and then again, burnout would happen. And then it was like, okay, nope, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break, you know, and then a break turned into like a month and a month turned into two months. And then, you know, you're jumping into old habits again, which is so easy. It's so easy to do. So I feel like those small little obtainable goals is really where it's at. Yeah. And big picture, you want to know what you're going for. Right. But then, you you know, I had a client one time that wanted to like be ahead on her meals. Like if we focus on her nutrition and I said, well, okay, then you're going to work on one meal a day. Like it's not, you're not working on the full thing. Right. And so it made a difference to build up for her and then to give yourself grace because Lord knows it's not going to go perfectly. You're going to have too many pieces of candy after Halloween, or you're going to eat more around the holidays or whatever it is. You're going to go on vacation. It's going to mess up, but you can, you can restart again tomorrow. You can restart again in an hour and to give yourself grace that like it's, it's the long game. Like this is a marathon when you're creating habits mm-hmm. because one little thing can derail you real fast, but you can't let it, you got to get back on the tracks, right? Like you can't. Yeah. Get and that. I feel like yes. to piggyback off what you said, like, even, you know, if you make like, give yourself grace, that's huge. I, you know, grace upon grace upon grace. Like mm-hmm. I, I have this sign in my bedroom that says something over like not perfection. Grace you know, over perfection. Yes. Yes. Yep. And it's so true. Like, and that's one thing that I've had to learn too. Like, I'm not going to be perfect at everything, whether it's being a perfect mom, being the perfect friend, being the perfect wife. I can't reach that. Like that is not obtainable at all. Right. But like to give yourself grace. And I feel like the one thing that's been big for me, as far as like my journey with like my health and stuff is just realizing like, sure, if I enjoy like a burger and fries, say at dinner, 
I can still come home and have fruit or I love to make yogurt bowls. You know what I mean? So I don't have to look at it as like, oh, well, I just ruined my entire day. Like, I feel like it's really easy for people to get in that zone too of just like, oh, well, I had one, you know, meal where I indulged. It's like, that's okay. Like have, have that, but then just know, like you have the tools to kind of jump back into making the better choices, I guess. I don't know. And it's the same with, you know, mom life, like this morning was really tough for you. Yeah. It doesn't mean the rest of the day has to be really hard. Right. And so Mm -hmm. getting our mindset wrapped around, like we had a tough moment. We had a hard, whatever we made a bad decision. We made a mistake. That's not going to affect the rest of my day. I'm going to make it a better day. And we can't always, we can't always get over that hump. Right. Like it last week I had a terrible day where I just, I was mentally miserable but I spoke that out loud with my kids and just said, like, I'm not, I'm not mentally well today. Like, I just, I don't think I have it in me to read extra or whatever. Like I'm going to go take a bath and just letting them know, like I'm taking care of myself and, and giving myself that grace. But also like next morning I woke up and I was like, okay, it's a new day. Let's do this. And I feel like that's huge too, right? As a parent, I've caught myself doing that a lot more too. just being open and honest with my kids about where I am at so that they are getting that. Okay. I can verbally speak then like where I'm at. And I encourage them strongly if they're having problems with a friend or they're having problems with each other, like, okay, did you tell them how that made you feel? Well, no. Okay. Well then I want to encourage you to go and tell your friend how that made you feel, because if you don't say something, nobody's going to know. Right. So it's like us, like, okay, yeah. If we get frustrated and we yell, they think, oh, we're mad versus like, if I say, okay, I'm not in a good space right now. Like I'm feeling very overwhelmed. I'm trying not to yell. I'm feeling frustrated and like explaining to them why they like my kids have been more understanding like, okay, I, you know, I get that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And my seven-year-old, because we speak to her like that or all of our kids and just letting them kind of know that stuff, like the amount of times that she comes up to me after an episode where she's freaking out at me and says, I'm sorry for yelling at you. I mean, she does it often. And it just, it makes my mama heart so happy because it is important for her to recognize, like none of us are perfect, not mom, not dad, nobody is perfect. And it's okay to make mistakes and apologize. Yeah. We're huge on that at our house too. It's just like, you know, if that does happen, like our kids are very much you know, remorseful and come back and say, you know, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. And I acknowledge like their feelings. I, I get it. I get that you were frustrated. I understand that that's sometimes how it comes out. Right. And like, you know, in therapy, I talk with my therapist about this and she's like, honestly, like when we get, when we yell and we get frustrated, she's like, that's fear and anxiety coming out. Right. That is what it is, whatever, you know, whatever the situation may be, like, that's what it is. Cause you know, the mom guilt of course sets in too. And like, you know, you hold on to that, but I have, like you said, I've been trying to be better too about like, okay, if our day goes haywire, right. Like how can I fix this? And you know, MEA, uh, our first day out the gate was not a good morning at all. And 
you know, I was working out and the kids were in, in the background doing their thing and the boys were playing ball together. And a big thing in our house is like, we've asked them multiple times, please don't play ball in the house, you know? And so my oldest didn't appreciate that, you know, I had told them to go outside and play. He's like, we're just throwing it around lightly. And I said, I understand, but I'm asking you to like, please go outside. And it just escalated from there, right? Like he got mad and started yelling. And um, so I took the ball away and then that escalated him to get more upset. Um, and I found myself removing, trying to remove myself from the situation, right? Like I knew he was mad and I knew that he was in the red zone. And I don't know, I mean, when they're in the red zone, there's like, no, None. no, 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 there's no way to them at all. There isn't, there isn't right. Like there's, there's just not. And so I went into our bedroom and I had two of my boys chasing after me because they wanted the ball back. And so I quick shut my door and then locked myself in the bathroom. And, you know, my husband sometimes works from home. And so he was downstairs, heard the chaos going on and like, you know, came upstairs and was trying to talk to the boys and the boys were telling their side of the story, which wasn't the full, you know, thing. And uh, so, you know, I, I came out and I said, okay, do we want to try this again? And like, tell, you know, the full story. And so my son started chatting and again, like I was crying, I was so upset. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go back in the bathroom, let my husband kind of diffuse the situation. And I, he did, the, the boys went outside, started playing. And I started, I was halfway through my workout. Now I could have made the choice to say, forget it. Like I'm too upset. I'm, you know, whatever. But I was like, no, so I went back and I worked out and I was still just not in a good place. They were making choices again, where they were running up the stairs and I'm like, somebody's going to get hurt. And then my son's like, let's play King of the Mountain at the top of the stairs. And I was like, no, 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 we're not playing King of the Mountain. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I wasn't going to play it at the top of the stairs. We're going to play it on the couches. And I was like, no, we're not like jumping on the couches. Like, please, like, can you just go outside? And so then, you know, he's like, come on guys, let's go outside. And I was like, thank you. And my littlest bless her little heart, not knowing what she's saying. Right. But she's like, yeah, let's go outside guys. She's like, cause we don't want to be around mommy right now. And I was like, okay. And the water was All right. Waterworks started coming and I just, I went downstairs to my husband's office and I looked at him and I was like, I physically need to leave the house right now. Like I need to leave. And he was like, okay. And so I did, I went to, um, the nutrition shop that I love to go to, um, and got a shake and got a tea and talked to my friend there. And I was just like, this is the day we were having. And she had asked me, she's like, so what are you going to do to like, turn it around? And I said, you know what, I'm going to go home. And we had like, I got a gingerbread pre-made like Halloween kit. And I said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to, you know, bring it out and like do it with them. And then she also recommended like sitting down with my oldest and just asking him, Hey, can we talk about what happened? I want to hear your side of the story. Um, and I feel like that was huge, right? Like that gentle reminder for one, she's a mama, 
Um, so that gentle reminder from another mama of like, okay, you have the ability to turn your day around. You don't have to sit in these icky feelings and to make that impact on your on your child, right? To get their side of the story. So they're also not sitting in those icky feelings. And so, you know, I did, I came home and I I asked him if him and I could go upstairs and have a private conversation together. And I, you know, I asked him, I said, can I just listen to your side of the story? And so he told me and I acknowledged, you know, how he felt. And I said, you know, I'm sorry that you felt that way. Um, I can understand why you felt that way. And then I expressed I said can I explain my side of the story and so I expressed my side and I asked him I said how many times have we asked you not to like play ball in the house did you make a good choice probably not the best choice right like I wasn't trying to get frustrated or upset but you have to understand I was also trying to remove myself from a situation that I knew was escalating I feel like that's a huge thing too just like showing them like okay I'm going to remove myself from the situation so that we don't just keep escalating to, you know, further into the red zone. And so we did, we, I asked them, you know, do you guys want to do the gingerbread house? And like, we turned the day around the rest of the day was great. But again, you know, the mom guilt that's in of just like, oh, I can't believe our day went that way, you know? And, you know, I, I talked to his therapist about it. We had thankfully a therapy session scheduled for him. And so we just talked about it. And sometimes I feel like because we're so far on the flip side of things with him, that sometimes I feel like, did I do the right thing? Did I use all the tools that I was given? Um, You know, and so I told her like the situation, I was like, I feel like it's just hard for me knowing that like he felt a certain way, right? Like, I feel like that just kills my mama heart sometimes of like, oh, I don't want him to feel that way. Right. But like, I can't own his feelings. I feel like that's another thing that I've really learned is like, I used to take everything, not just with my kids, but life in general, so much to heart. And that's just who I am. I'm a huge empath and like feel everything. And, but it didn't do me a lot of good, right. Owning other people's feelings and stuff like that. So I try really hard to just like acknowledge where they're at, meet them where they're at, love on them. And thankfully his therapist obviously was like very validating. And she's like, you know, I feel like even though you feel like you didn't use the tools and resources, she's like, this is what I heard, you know? And she's like, I think you did a great job. So (laughs) (laughs) me too. And you know, you saying like meeting them where they're at, like, it just reminds me like Jesus always meets us where we're at and Mm -hmm. loves us unconditionally, no matter what. I love those conversations after hard things, because I get to remind my kids that no matter what, I love them. No matter how many times either of us messes up, I will always, always love them. And so I think you did a great job, Lauren. And I think motherhood is just, it's just like moment by moment sometimes and reanalyzing things, but not overthinking it to the point where we do feel like we're questioning our ability as a mom, because God chose you to be the mom for your three kids. And he has given you the grace and the gifts that you need to, to keep on. And those are just things we need to remind ourselves all the time that like, I am a good mom and I'm going to continue to grow as a mom and I'm going to be imperfect and make mistakes and apologize. But I love my kids so freaking much that That it hurt. hurt Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it is 
it's like a roller coaster ride, right? You ride the high for a while and then there's going to be the lows, but it's again, like, how do you, how do you ride the lows? Do you, you know, do you just stay there? Because in the beginning of momhood, for sure, I let that guilt consume me for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. And finding those people who can support you, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what phase of motherhood you're in, you know, you talked about meeting your friend and having that mom tribe. And even if it's just one other person, like there are certain friends of mine that I'll turn to for certain things versus other things. I have a lot of friends, but there's not a lot that know like a hundred percent, like you said earlier in the episode, like there are things that need to stay private. Right. And to they get to a certain age where, you know, you, when they're toddlers, you can talk about potty training and like, it's whatever. They're never going to remember potty training. They get to an older age and they're dealing with specific anxieties over one specific thing. And like my middle daughter, for example, she is a very private person. And to get her to open up to us has taken a lot of therapy. So I'm not going to go share it with the world, right? I'm not going to go share it with all of my friends. I'm not going to share it on my podcast or Instagram. So respecting their privacy, but having those few people that you can talk to too, because It is important for our mental health to be able to have an outlet of sorts. For sure. Yeah. And I, the impact that I had with that whole thing was when we were going in the beginning stages um, with my oldest, he was in first grade and I formed a really good relationship with his kindergarten teacher. And I remember emailing her and just saying, you know, you made such an impact just not only on my son's life, but like our life. And so I disclosed to her kind of what we were going through. And she was the one that told me, you don't owe it to anybody to talk about it. I'm here for you kind of been in a similar situation. And, but she's like, that's his story. You know, you can keep it private. And that has just really stuck with me, you know? So it's like you said, like, yeah, there's certain people that, I talk about it too, because I have to, but there's other people that I don't openly have that conversation with. We've explained that to our kids too. Like, you know, this is your story and, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to disclose it to anybody. I want them to do that when they feel it's right or appropriate or whatever. But, you know, like you said too, like if I know a mama is going through a similar situation, then of course I feel led and pulled to like, just share not all of our story, but like the journey that we've been on and what we've done. And maybe, you know, that'll give them some guidance or some resources to kind of think like, okay, well, if she did it, then I can do it too type of thing. Exactly. Circling back to the very beginning when we said like, we don't have to be on this motherhood journey alone. We don't have to do it alone. We have each other. Lauren, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for coming and talking about just real mom life, just the raw stuff of motherhood, because it does help other moms to feel like they're not the only one. It does. Thank you so much for having me. I just feel again, so honored. Like I said, when you reached out, I just was like, no way. So I'm glad you said yes. Yes, me too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the raw mom life podcast. If you love anything you heard today, share it with some family or a friend who might resonate with it as well. I love to hang out on Instagram, so come find me over there for some more laughs and maybe a few tears as well, but always a good cup of coffee. Mama, I appreciate you and never forget, you are never alone.